Welcome to this week's podcast, The Tower Pod from St. Mary's Marston Mortain with Lidlington. A message from the Gospel and a thoughtful sermon each week. Do subscribe and also like and review on your chosen platform and share with your friends. Thank you and God bless. Jesus said to his disciples, About that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away, so too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together, one will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Let's pray. (coughs) Let the words of my mouth and the thoughts of our hearts bring us closer to you, O Lord. Well, I'm glad that Judy reminded us at the very beginning that Advent is not just about waiting uh, to remember Jesus' coming at his birth at Christmas. It's about the second coming too. Ronnie said to me the other day, she said, a man on a tractor has just driven past me yelling, the end of the world is nigh. I said, I think it was Farmageddon, because we live in the country. (laughs) I think if I was preaching to you three years ago, my first Sunday of Advent sermon could have gone something like this. There's no point trying to work out what Jesus, when Jesus will return. It could literally be any time, maybe even before Christmas. He said as much himself. So let's just concentrate on being good Christians and be as ready as we can all the time. We will be ready then when he returns. And if he comes for us individually first, as in when we die, As Margaret Atwood said, it's the end of the world every day for someone. Simples, job done, that would be the sermon. But now it's more complicated. First off, it turns out the last days doesn't mean the few years remaining before Jesus returns. Think of the last days as more like an era. BC, before Christ, A.D., after Christ. A.D. is the last days. That is the teaching of the church. And so our ancestors here in Marsden, who painted the last judgment doom painting, were right in being acutely conscious that they lived in the last days. They were right. They did. 
But the troubles of their 13th century must have made them think that they were close to the end and must have made them long for Jesus' return, as we sang at the beginning, and to make everything right, hence the last judgment, the doom. So too for me, three years on. On the 23rd of March, 1208, the century our church was built, coincidentally the same day in 2020 that the government imposed lockdown on the UK. Under instructions from Pope Innocent III to punish King John, the English bishops suspended the celebration of Mass, Holy Communion, throughout the kingdom. And it went on for six long years. Funerals couldn't take place. Churches were forbidden to ring their bells. Even bishops were buried by the side of the road. And there were only two exceptions to the rule. Priests could still baptize children, and they could hear the confessions of the dying and absolve them, so that people could have salvation. And so now I understand why, maybe, the people of Marston painted the doom. They likely saw this period as one of the the birth pangs, the contractions that Jesus warned of earlier in Matthew. And for me, too, closing the churches 800 years on was like a red signal, to be quite honest. Watching the whole world, apart from a few places like Sweden, moving in lockstep, the campaign of fear, and then vaccine discrimination, vaccine passports coming in for no medical reason, and noticing Austria and Germany adopting them enthusiastically, I thought that was significant. The elites in our governments and corporations coming together at Davos and the World Economic Forum, talking of a great reset and a new world order to build back better. Most people will have taken the biomedical security measures on trust and seen these things as comforting. I know I'm in a minority, and I prefer to err on the side of caution. I started to take last day's scripture seriously, because I saw these events also, as our ancestors did, as one of the birth pangs that Jesus spoke of earlier in Matthew. Like our forebears experienced, but even more so. And hence, this sermon today isn't as simple or easy as, we won't know the day or the hour, just be ready. Suspense games are lovely, aren't they? I play them with my granddaughter, Georgie, all the time. She's two, and she's understood the idea now, and she plays them back with me. Ready, steady, and then come tickles and cuddles and hugs and laughs. Well, it's as though Jesus said, ready, steady, wait. (laughs) And 2,012 years on, we're still waiting. Well, there are three reasons why getting ready now is important. 
Most of us, in reality, see Advent as the time we get ready to remember that first Christmas. Remembering, in the Jewish and Christian traditions, though, is not only about casting your mind back and re uh, to something that happened long ago. Jews and Christians believe that in rehearsing or re-enacting some of the key God events of our past, they become real to us in the present. And the Greek word for it is anamnesis. It means essentially that by remembering the God event of the past, we can share in its grace, in its blessings, its reality in the present. And so that's why the Jews celebrate the Passover every year. And it's one of the things we do, isn't it, when we reenact the Last Supper at Holy Communion, as we're going to do today. We participate in the new covenant of God with people, and we share in its grace. And so for Advent, we remember that first Christmas night so that we can share in the wonder and grace of that first coming of Jesus. And it's very beautiful, isn't it? Secondly, we can wait for God to come in the present because, as we say in our communion prayers, it is the nature of God always to have mercy. So it's the nature of our God always to come now to every person who invites him into their heart and life. Our God is the God who comes now. And if we prepare this Advent and open our hearts we can experience him coming to us afresh, or maybe for the first time at Christmas. And the third reason we can wait for God is because Jesus said that he's coming back. One day Jesus will come back, not as a helpless baby, but in power and great glory to reign as king and judge of all. And now, after looking into it, I would say, yes, we won't know the day or the hour. We can't know that. But can we know the season? Probably, yes. It's certainly not going to be before Christmas. Other things would have to happen first. But we are closer than 800 years ago. And today isn't the time to go into that detail. So we might have expected that on the day Jesus returns, there will be something special happening, some forewarning, some change in the wind or a feeling in our bones. But Jesus uses two pictures to tell us what it's going to be like. Two pictures. First, Noah and the ark. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark and they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Back then, you would have been able to see Noah building the ark. And so back then, you would have heard as to why. You would have asked, the people would have talked. But as life went on, no one cared. Life just rolled on as usual until it was too late for most. It'll be like that, says Jesus. The second picture he gives is of a householder 
expecting a thief to come sometime in the night. But he fell asleep because he didn't know which part of the night. Jesus says, keep awake, keep awake. We are to be alert, on the watch, looking out. <clears throat> the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armour of light, says Paul. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. We know how we are meant to live, loving God and loving one another. Jesus ends his teaching on the last days further on in the chapter, and I encourage you to read the whole 24 and 25. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. We are to keep awake, and we are to love in the name of Jesus. We are to follow him as our king. And so, in this moment now and during our Holy Communion, pause, think. Have I got it right? If not, how can I put it right? Put it right now. The whole message of Advent is pause, reflect, pray. Ready, steady, wait. Wait expectantly, hopefully, joyfully. Live for Jesus and his kingdom now. Live in the kingdom now. And wait expectantly for Jesus coming in glory. Amen. Thank you.